Hello, and welcome to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalind Roman, and by the time you are listening to this, hopefully this podcast is well on its way, and you are already familiar with what New Mexico Cast and New Mexico Castaways is. Uh, but in case you are new to the channel, I'm Rosalinda Roman, and I go by Rosalinda. And I live on a 45-foot sailing catamaran with my three kids, my husband, and our German Shepherd. I am currently on my way to the Fort Lauderdale Airport to pick up my husband and my daughter Ahava after they went to Dallas for a Packers-Dallas game. They were pretty excited. My daughter, we have this uh, chore system where you save up, um, they get something called Bravo Bucks, and they get to save up for special privileges. And usually it's things like using your iPad and, you know, just the daily privileges that kids like to get. But sometimes they save up for something really big. And this time around, my husband was able to get tickets to the Packers game against Dallas. And they got box seats through his company. Um, and so it was quite an experience. So Ahava cashed in all of her Bravo bucks, which I think was like a thousand one hundred, and uh, that's like a lot of weeks of doing the right thing and, and uh, keeping track of chores and whatnot. So that was what they did. It was a nice break for them in the middle of a very chaotic time for us as a family. Um, I back up a little bit. My family is, uh, my dad's side of the family lives in Puerto Rico in a place called Lares, in a small town, and that is an area, that whole island was just devastated by Hurricane Maria. Um, because of that, it's been a really trying time, just emotionally difficult, but even before the hurricane hit Puerto Rico, it's we've had a lot of ups and downs. So I don't know when the last time I actually recorded a full episode straight like this is, because usually what I do and what I've been doing uh, through the whole summer, I used an app called Anchor to record um, little five-minute audio journals. So these snippets of five minutes of um, to share what we are doing, what the sounds around us, basically. Um, and hopefully, this that's very familiar to you because I've the, my intention as I'm recording this in October of 2017 is to use those segments to create an actual podcast, kind of string them together with a little commentary so you guys know what I'm talking about. So I usually don't record a long 30 minutes or however long segment. I just record um, the five-minute pieces. Well, this time I'm, I'm letting it flow. Now, if you're a long-time listener to this channel, you know I used to call this Rosalinda's Ramblings because this was kind of how I vented. I loved... I used to drive a lot when we lived in New Mexico, hence the name New Mexicast, because um, we moved from New Mexico onto the sailboat. And uh, I used to drive a lot. Our home was about 35 to 40 minutes away from my daughter's gymnastics gym and pretty much anything else except for their school. So there was a lot of drive time and I was able to record quite a bit along the way. Well, the Rosalinda's Ramblings has evolved into New Mexico Castaways and I'm trying to keep it a little bit more 
uh, coherent than just my random ram- ramblings in general. However, today you get the ramblings. <laughs> um, so let me kind of bring you up to speed. I know it's been months since I've recorded straight through like this, so I may be repeating some things, but I might as well uh, just backtrack a little bit. Uh, so in April, uh, mid-April, we came back from the Bahamas, and we did that because we had, um, there was an immigration officer who basically kicked me out of the country. He, he did not approve of the fact that my kids were going to the little local school in Georgetown, Bahamas, and he gave us, I think it was like two weeks to get out of the country. We managed to get, I think it was like three weeks and all told, but we made a beeline back for Florida and came back. We were told that we were allowed to return to the company, uh, to the country, to the Bahamas, but that we had to leave and come back. So that was our plan. We were going to come back to the U.S., reprovision, kind of regroup, figure out what, we, what the next um, part of the journey would look like. And then we thought we would go up the east coast of Florida. I mean, yeah, up the east coast of Florida and then all the way up the east coast of the United States for the summer. Well, those plans did not happen, partly because my husband was offered a new position within his company uh, to work on a hospital in South Florida or a number of hospitals in South Florida. And so because of that new opportunity, he ended up being, it it was better for him to stay in the Florida area. My oldest daughter, Ahava, the one I'm going to pick up as well, is a competitive gymnast. And while we were sailing to the Bahamas, it was not the best for her gymnastics career. She had to basically take off almost the whole time, except for we were able to get her some, uh, connect her with a gym in Nassau in the Bahamas. And that allowed her to um, do some training and conditioning. But she was definitely behind her peers when we got back to the Bahamas, I mean, to, the, to Florida. So she went back to her old gym, which had been through a major ownership overhaul and lots of changes. But, uh, and then even after she was there, her, her coach quit and le- left in a very undignified, unprofessional way. Um, that's that's a kind of a side issue but still she ended up with a coach the assistant coach became the main coach and it was a was wonderful is wonderful and she's been working really hard ever since so basically for almost six months my daughter has been doing her gymnastics training intensely and um, Nathan my husband has been working on this new opportunity in large part because he's hoping for a promotion within the company. Um, So that's why it was kind of like, okay, this is going to be a new uh, way of thinking because I don't know if I ever said this in the recordings. um, Boy, this is a loud street, huh? I don't know if I ever said this in the recordings of uh, back when we were preparing to move on to the boat, but the thought originally was for Nathan to um, start to kind of semi-retire the, which now I look back and laugh because if you know my husband, there's I don't think there's such a thing. Uh, he's always busy and got to work, work, work. But back then we thought he would stay, still do his clinical work, which he does once a month, still in New Mexico. But realistically, and then he was going to kind of whittle down some of the corporate work 
that he does because he's a vice president of integrative medicine for a group of hospitals. So he was going to whittle down and kind of uh, back off, ease off a little on the workload so that we could sail. Well, that never really happened. He took uh, December, he kind of, um, he reduced his workload a, a lot in December so he could sail with us to the Bahamas. But then after that, he pretty much went back to work as usual and um, has been working ever since. So it's taken some major adjustments just in terms of like as a couple trying to figure out what we are going to do or what we really want to do and what matters enough to spend our time on. Uh, the whole idea of, the, of living on a boat for me was to have the freedom of movement to come and go. Well, for six months we haven't been going much at all on the boat at least, um, because Nathan and Ahava wanted to stay put and the rest of us, Samuel, Ziva and I, uh, prefer to be on the move. Uh, we took a, an RV trip across country um, with my brother-in-law and um, that was a really fun adventure. Hopefully you've gotten a chance to listen to some of those stories here on New Mexico Castaways. But anyway, so they're, while, while they were kind of hunkered down doing the work they wanted to do, uh, I've been really feeling like I'm at a standstill, not sure where we were going to go, what we were, if we were going to go anywhere at all. I knew I still wanted to sail to Puerto Rico, which was always my, my goal, and I, my, I had arranged for my daughter to have her bat mitzvah in Puerto Rico. It's coming up in January. So we were already kind of leaning toward how we were going to get, or, or prepping mentally, for how we were going to get to Puerto Rico, sail there. Probably, the plan was going to be to be there for December and January. Um, and then from there, we were going to, uh, well, and have her bat mitzvah there, right? Connect with family, enjoy, have what I really wanted. And the main reason I came up with that plan is, so let me backtrack again. Again, I told you this was going to be Rosalinda's ramblings, and I haven't really had a lot of people to talk to about a lot of this stuff because we've been in so much reaction just because of the circumstances that have been thrown our way <laughs> that I haven't really talked it out very much. So guess what? You guys get to listen to me talking it out. Um, so Puerto Rico is more than just a place I've visited. My father is from there, and he... Um, my grandparents, my abuelos, lived there, and all my tios and tias, my aunts and uncles and um, cousins. And my growing up, my dad worked for Eastern Airlines. Because of that, we flew free, and my oldest sister and I, Becky and I, would fly to Puerto Rico to spend the summer or the Christmas break or whatever with my abuela, my grandmother. And so I have very, very many fond memories of the island of Puerto Rico. I could tell you so many stories. In fact, I love that place so much that I wrote a screenplay about it called Puerto Rican Summers, um, which I think I changed the name later to Puerto Rican Parandas because that's something that is super fun and I've always wanted to get my kids to have that experience too. A paranda is like a, over in the holiday season, they go from house to house to house with music. So you, you start at one person's house singing, playing, you know, 
uh, quattro, a, a little guitar, or some, some instruments, and then you sing and say, come out, come out, we want you to come, let's go find a party. And then you go to the next house, and you go walking from house to house to house until you end up at somebody's house. And you never know which house it's going to end up at that night. But you pick up people and instruments along the way, so before you know it, it's like this big, moving massive family and friends singing and and being joyous and then ending up at someone's house for a party that's Puerto Rican parrandas and it's just a great experience that I remember so vividly from when I was a little girl and I've always wanted my kids to have that experience and my husband to experience it as well but the truth is as once I became a mom it's been harder for me to find the time to get there uh, to Puerto Rico. And so I've gone twice since having kids, but the last time was seven years ago when I was pregnant with Samuel. So I was really excited because I finally made the commitment to connect with the island and my family and have uh, host my daughter's bat mitzvah there, which took some doing because you can imagine most of the island is not Jewish. <laughs> most of my family is Catholic. And it turns out we found a great synagogue that did do destination bat mitzvahs, bar and bat mitzvahs, and we've, my daughter has been studying with a rabbi. Uh, I think he's in New York, but he spends three months every year in Puerto Rico serving that congregation. So she's been studying diligently to prepare for her bat mitzvah, which is scheduled for San Juan in January. And so then uh, this hurricane hit. So that may have shifted everything. Uh, I just, I really don't know. Uh, before I get to Puerto Rico and what the, the plan is, at least as of right now, let me just kind of finish the story of the chaos that has been our world uh, lately. Uh, so we got back from the Bahamas. We stayed here more, the boat stayed in one place uh, at, at a marina. And it's a marina without any kids, without any other families. And it's pretty lonely. And then my husband, being, you know, Nathan and the hardworking person that he is, um, he didn't just stay in South Florida. He has, this job has been added to the jobs that he already was doing. So he's been basically, I always said he worked three full-time jobs. Well, now he's working four full-time jobs. So it's been busy. And then add to all of that, my kids, two of our kids, started in a brick-and-mortar school, which they had not done. Uh, last year, all my kids were homeschooled, and then toward the end of that RV trip in July and uh, part of August, my uh, daughter, no, my son, Samuel, said, Mommy, can I go to a real school for first grade? And I was like, uh, school starts in like 10 days or something like that at that point. And I said, well, let me see. I don't know. And he really wanted to. And I thought, okay, well, since we're going to be staying put with uh, gymnastics and um, Nathan's work for a while, let's see what we can come up with. So we scrambled to find out if we could get them into a school. The school where the marina is um, is unfortunately not in the best neighborhood and it's not a high performing school in fact it's a failing school so we were kind of looking at well what other options are there and Florida apparently doesn't have a lot of options like New Mexico where you can have school choice and 
if, if your local school is failing, you have the right to not go to that local school. Um, I think that's the point, the incentive, so that the schools kind of, you know, come up to speed and then the, the, the people, the, the kids, end up going to their school because they improve, right? So anyway, long story short, my kids, we found kind of a, a workaround because Ziva is gifted or des- designated as a gifted student, and she has something called an IEP. An IEP is an individualized uh, education plan or program, I think it is, and it basically gives her um, the support that she needs. It means that the school is supposed to give her the support that she needs in order to um, to succeed in school and be, be adequately challenged. Well, because she had an IEP and because the local school doesn't allow, doesn't have a gifted program, they let my kids go to another higher performing school, not too far at the town, the town nearby, like the next town over. So they started school mid-August and it has been an emotional roller coaster ever since. Samuel has been struggling tremendously with Um, He's not used to having to sit still. That's number one. He is a very huggy, snuggly kind of little boy, and he likes to hug people. And he, and not everybody likes that. And he doesn't do anything like inappropriate. He, he knows about keeping his parts to himself and all of that. And he's very good about that. But he does hug people. And a lot, in particular, little boys don't apparently like other little boys to hug them. Uh, so he's struggling with that, having appropriate boundaries and learning. The biggest thing is learning to sit and not move and not touch your pencils and not do other things and just pay attention. That's a really big struggle for him. He feels strongly that nobody likes him and that he has no friends and he's just really uh, struggled with that. So that's that. Ziva's pretty much thriving in the school arena. In fact, they've asked her to be on the safety patrol. She started volleyball again, which is a big thing that she loves. Uh, She loves beach volleyball, but we couldn't find a beach volleyball team near her, near where we live. Um, so she ended up uh, finding an indoor, we found an indoor team, and that has worked out really well. Uh, but she's also very, very, like, emotionally out of control a lot. A lot. She has these outbursts where she's just, like, really angry and lashing out. And, like, yesterday she took everything she could reach and threw it at me. Um, because I had changed the plan of where they're going to stay while we're in Puerto Rico, uh, which I'll get to still in a minute. Uh, so anyway, that's the school-related roller coaster. And then, just as they were starting to kind of get their groove with the school thing, Hurricane Irma hit, and we had to evacuate. The evacuation was um, chaotic and stressful, we weren't sure what, what what to do because we last time when a year ago when there was a hurricane, uh, Hurricane Matthew, we um, went to Western Florida for and stayed at a hotel I think in Fort Myers or something like that. Well, the hurricane was so big that West Florida didn't 
seem like it was going to be safe either. So we ended up driving up to Georgia. It's a good thing we didn't go to West Florida because that is where the hurricane ended up hitting. Um, we, but the hurricane actually followed us up to uh, Georgia. Now, Nathan had gone back. To, we drove up to Georgia to a place called Callaway Gardens in Georgia. And it was a lovely place, but we ended up losing power. And, um, and it was uh, a very stressful time. My husband had gone back to, um, had gone to work to fly for a conference in New Jersey. So the kids, the dog and I, were alone in this um, place in Georgia with no power, no idea how to feed everybody with no power, um, because it was an electric stove, and, you know, stuff like that. We had many, many uh, challenges or adventures, depending on how you want to look at it. But it was nothing. That was nothing compared to what was next, and that was watching Hurricane Maria hit the island of Puerto Rico. It was devastating, and they are still largely without power. I mean, it, at the time when it hit, uh, almost a little over two weeks ago, it was uh, 100% of the island was without power, 90% of the communications were knocked out, 90% of the water system was out, people and many of the roads to take people to and from these small villages up in the mountains were completely washed out by mudslides. So it just has been awful because we, we waited and we were trying to get confirmation that our family survived the storm and it was just devastating. Everybody who whose loved ones were on the island at the time were just frantic trying to find out if they survived the storm, if they were okay, trying to figure out what we could do to help. Um, and still, to this day, there are many people who haven't talked to anyone. Now, we were lucky enough that we had a cousin up in San Juan, and she made it through the storm, and then after several days, she was able to go up to Lattice uh, and connect with my family and see that everybody was okay. So... After that, now the, the rebuilding begins and everybody's trying to figure out how to help. Well, we knew we were in a unique position because Nathan is a doctor and he's, a really, he's quite a good doctor, actually. Um, he, he just, he knows, he sees things, I think, that a lot of people don't. And I don't know if it's because of his engineering background or what, but he just is, if you know Nathan, he's a very unique person. And I know that he will do a lot of good if we go to Puerto Rico. Um, so we have been scrambling. We were going to buy a ticket and fly there uh, to go see what we could do to help. But over time, we realized it would be better if we could, A, use that money, which was like $1,500 to buy a ticket, if we could use that money to uh, help people maybe buy insulin or solar lights or whatever we need to get rather than spending it on an air airfare well one of our daughter's uh, gymnastics friends is uh, in charge of ground operations her dad um, is, is in charge of ground operations in Ponce in, in Puerto Rico he went there like a few days after the hurricane hit and he's been working to try to get us there ever since. 
he was able to secure a flight for us and unless something changes which a lot of times it does um, we are supposed to go to Puerto Rico tomorrow morning early out of Miami uh, that means that now that Nathan's just coming back and we're leaving so early tomorrow we've got a lot of work to do a lot of scrambling around and getting what we need and preparing for uh, for tomorrow's trip uh, I'm gonna take a little break just to drive a little carefully because there's an accident here and I will be right back okay I'm back and um, just thinking about what next what we have to do to prepare a big part of the challenge to get to Puerto Rico is just trying to deal with the logistics of my kids and the childcare that we need to set up um, our babysitter has school uh, she works she goes to Kaiser University and that um, the timing isn't great because she starts before my kids start school in the morning and she ends before they um, I mean she ends after they get out of school so I went to the school this morning to ask about before and after care so that maybe um, that will help logistically but we're figuring it out and my husband has an entire backpack full of medical supplies that he has so he can hike into some of these areas and check on some of the people who need help. Um, we're going now, the reason I'm going to Fort Lauderdale instead of having him take the tri-rail up is we are going to go try to get a satellite phone uh, and a number of other things that we can get more easily in Fort Lauderdale than we can in West Palm Beach. Um, so that's what's kind of consuming my mind right now. I know there's a lot of work that we're going to have to do um, to make it all work <laughs> for just for our family. But the hope is that we go to this, go to th on this trip for a week, go to the island, kind of connect with family, see what we can do to help, and then come back with um, a better idea of how we a Nathan can set up some um, other there's some other doctors that want to help but he needs to be able to see where the need is greatest and what he, they can help with because there's already FEMA on the ground and all um, many other organizations are there to try to help so we don't want to just keep doing the same thing other people are doing we're trying to fill the gap where where it is needed um, but anyway, my hope is when we finish this trip safely, we come back and regroup, kind of wrap things up in the Florida area, and then sail to Puerto Rico finally. Uh, the reports that I'm getting from other cruisers is that there is, the marinas did, yeah, there were some, there was some damage, but nothing like in Tortola and some of these other places where the marinas um, were devastated, like the island completely, you know, just wiped out. So hopefully there will be a place that, and we can anchor out, that's, that's not the issue. A big part of why we were hesitant to go to Puerto Rico was we didn't want to be a burden to anyone, uh, you know, if they're, they're having trouble getting food and water, we didn't want to be, you know, taking food and water uh, from people that need it. So 
we are the part of the nice thing about a sailboat is as once we get our solar panels installed we're largely self-sufficient well we have a water maker to make water and with solar panels we can make power and we can bring our own food supplies and maybe fish here and there even though we're awful fisher people uh, but in theory that's what we can do is Sorry, I wasn't sure if it was recording. I had a moment glitch. Um, anyway, so that that's why we want to sail there. I would love to sail with other several other sailboats and get them, you know, get everybody to go um, with us, full uh, with their, you know, their holds full of provisions and things that we could bring to these islands. Not just Puerto Rico, but there's a lot of remote islands between Irma and. Um, Maria, Hurricanes Irma and Hurricane Maria that are just devastated and if we can help in any way I really hope to do that uh, it's interesting listening to the other cruisers on some of the um, some of the groups that I belong to they're discussing whether or not to go to these islands and you know they're concerned that they don't want to take any of the, the things that people on the island need and which is a very valid concern they're also concerned about whether it would be safe for us to go because of all the the boats that were destroyed they worry that there's underwater debris that could damage our own boat which would be terrible of course um, but I I really hope that we can find a way to go and help and not let the fear of what might be keep us from helping people that we actually could make a difference and help. I've long wanted to do service projects and things with my family, but nothing ever resonated. Like, it wasn't that I didn't care about other people and other circumstances. I just didn't know how to help. I didn't know, like, I've, I've never been to Haiti, so when they have terrible tragedies happen there, how do, I didn't know how to help other than, you know, offer to donate some money here or there. But in the case of Puerto Rico, I know this island. This is my family's home. And I feel like I am able to figure it out. Whereas everywhere else, I, I really didn't even, I wouldn't even know where to start. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people are feeling. So I'm hoping once we figure it out, um, it will help me help others to do what they, because I'm sure there are a lot of people that want to help but don't know how. So I'm hoping I can kind of, um, be the bridge that helps them, helps facilitate other people um, who want to also contribute in a positive way. So that's what's on my mind as I go down to the airport. They just I just got a text that they landed, which means that I am late, but that's okay because I didn't even know this morning that I was picking them up. Uh, and I was I literally was thinking, oh, I finally have one day where I have the boat to myself to just get all this stuff done before I have to leave. And then my husband's like, wait, aren't you picking me up? I'm like, ah, oh, no, I wasn't planning on it. So I'm now uh, shifting gears and it's fine. I mean, you know, I, it's good. I'm looking forward to seeing them and then we can talk about all the things we need to do and maybe even make a trip to Ikea because I know they have a lot of solar things and I love Ikea, uh, but I probably don't have time for that. So we'll see. Anyway, that's what's on my mind in Rosalinda's ramblings. Uh, I now have a Facebook group. It's a private group called New Mexico Castaways, and you have to be invited to join. 
And so it's uh, and and in addition to that group, I have a, a private uh, photo album, if you will, on Google Photos for New Mexico Castaways crew. So if you're interested in joining in, you get a lot more of the content that I don't publish on here. Um, and you also uh, can see the photos, because a lot of times when I'm recording audio, I take pictures and, along the way, so I upload those to that private album. So our, uh, our crew, we, I like to call them, uh, you guys, my crew, um, so the New Mexico Castaways crew can see some of our adventures. So if you're interested, just go to my Facebook page. That seems to be the easiest way. That's New Mexico Cast on Facebook. And there's a button that says sign up, I believe, right at the top. And then you just click that and put in your email, and then you'll uh, I'll send you the link to both the photo album and that private group. And that's about it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman.